ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Random Shots, a very special episode. All right, it's just special because we're all here. That's it. Uh, but uh, it is Random Shots. I am Rowdy Knight, and you can always reach me everywhere at Rowdy Knight. And I'm Andy. after Rowdy, usually, I believe. <laughs> Every time. All right. Uh, one of these days I'll hit my cue on time. But until I, then, yeah. I'll introduce myself. I am Indy. Reach me at Daring Dragoon. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit us up on our Facebook page and all that stuff. Hello, I am Tony. You can find me on the Twitter sphere at Antba44. That's at A N T B A 44. And I am your fourth quarter host. I am Max. You can find me at Max Magus. You can find the podcast at Our Shots Podcast. Or you can just search Random Shots Podcast on Facebook. Indy, what's that website they can go to to listen to us? Head on over to random-shots.net. Click on the subscribe button to get information to to subscribe and listen to each and every episode automatically. We are going to be reaching up to the top shelf tonight, pulling down our top three favorite fan theories of all time. Should we uh, check out some rapid reel shots? Let's get it's rapid. Time to get rapid with some good. real shots. Oh yeah, <laughs> a jingle for rapid real shots. Yet yeah. it's time to get rapid, rapid, rapid. What do you guys think of that one? <laughs> it's beautiful, it, man. It, All right. I mean, it didn't feel very rapid, but it was great. Otherwise, <laughs> brought a tear to my eye. It touched my soul. <laughs> that's my part. that's my next single coming out. Um, it's dropping on Friday, people. <laughs> oh well. The dice did land on me tonight for rapid reel shots, so that means I get to go first. And I apologize if anybody else wanted to talk about the biggest news, in my opinion, that dropped this week. But there was a record broken, and it's social media related, so it's social media news. For those of you that don't know, Spider-Man No Way Home's trailer finally dropped this week after months of anticipation. Prior to this, the most viewed trailer for a movie was set by the Avengers Endgame. Spider-Man No Way Home has now broken that viewing record and has generated the highest volume of social media conversations in history. Wow. I know I've watched it. I have seen it. And then I had to see it again when my son said, Dad, look at this. I said, okay. (laughs) And then the little one came in and said, Dad, you should see this. <laughs> I've seen it. Uh, but uh, it's very exciting. Um, unfortunately, we have to wait until December. December 17th. As of right now. That could get pushed, of course. But, uh, um, but yeah, that's a long way to, to wait on it. But, uh, yeah, I'm very excited about it. Cool. Yeah, uh, I've just been keeping up on the news and stuff and, and I keep hearing about all these characters, or act, or at least actors, from prior Spidey movies showing up. I have not watched this trailer, but uh, because, I don't know, I just like being like showing up at the theater and being surprised. Oh, it's a trailer! You know, that kind of thing. I, I just, I'm just hoping I'm going to go to the theater and it'll just pop up by surprise and I'll be get to see it on the, the big screen or something. But uh, I try to avoid... Just watching them on the computer, it's just more fun that way, for me at least. <laughs> so I think we should um, 
go over uh, frame by frame of the <laughs> of the trailer. We'll watch along right now. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Smith style. Wait, 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 wait. How long till we start crying? Are, are we doing a reaction video? Because I've never done one of these, but I love them. <laughs> It'll be my true reaction since I haven't seen it. <laughs> this is for you, indeed. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. All right, and welcome back. Um, in case you missed it, we just did a reaction watching of Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Wow. Well, that's, almost, that's a throwback right there to our very first episode. Uh, because we had the uh, the the video from the Goonies, um, I forgot who Cindy Lauper's video from the Goonies that Goonies we actually that we paused the, the show in order to watch it, and then we came back from it and said, "Well, we hope you guys watched it." <laughs> Come a long way, baby. Yeah, <laughs> a long way back to where we are. Horrible as as what as we just did. Breakaway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, <It's> <laughs> wow! Can you believe that they 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 brought in the uh, '70s TV show into the universe? <laughs> wow! I can't. There's not much I wouldn't believe. At and this Lou point Ferrigno is back as the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a cool shout out. I, I would like that. Actually. I would, I would freaking mark out right there. I would Actually, I would be excited get, for that. <laughs> I would get giddy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Dave, that moves over to you for rapid real shots. What you got for us tonight? Um, big news this week. Uh, this last week, actually. Um, CM Punk made his debut in AEW. CM Punk returned to wrestling. And so far, all he's done is talk. But he's really good at talking, so much better at talking than he is, say, UFC fighting. Um, so uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, my wife actually asked me, she's like, do you think he still has it, that he can still go? Because he's going to wrestle Darby Allen at the uh, September 5th pay-per-view. And uh, personally, I think, uh, yes, he can still go because it's professional wrestling. You just have to know how to entertain people. And he has that. So, um, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing him back in the ring, seeing him back doing what he does. And um, he had a uh, great little bit this last week uh, hinting that uh, Daniel Bryan's on the way because he he said something about, uh, are you guys excited to see me back in the ring or something? And the crowds all did the yes, yes, yes chant. And he's like, well, that's somebody else's shtick, but uh, just be a little bit more patient. And, and uh, he kind of left it at that. So it was fun. It was a nice so- little moment. There was that, but somebody else showed pictures of his shoes online. And Friday night, he had um, AC on his shoes. And then Wednesday night, he had BW on his shoes. The speculation is that he was telling everybody that Cole and Wyatt are both on their way to AEW. I don't know if that's true, but that's the speculation. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I know that uh, theory. That is an interesting fan theory. I know that um, from what I'm hearing, Cole did not re-sign his extension. Uh, so he at this moment, actually, because I heard that it expired tonight on Friday night. Um, so as of right now, he is officially a free agent. And he even removed the WWE shop 
link off of his uh, Facebook, Twitter, website. I don't know what he has, but uh, maybe all of it. I don't know. But uh, So, yeah, he uh, it looks like he is a free agent, and he's probably going to go and, and join his uh, fiance in AEW. All right. Uh, let's move over to Indy. Indy, what right. say you? Uh, let's see. I don't really have a news story. You know, I'm all about retro stuff, and I thought I'd go a little bit retro. And, uh, you know, in our early podcasts, we would tell a story. I thought I'd tell a really quick, funny story. Um, because it's been on my mind because we just got back from vacation. We were in upstate New York, and we had a good time. Nothing. I can't think of anything really funny that happened, but it just made me think of a past vacation and something that that I thought was kind of funny. So here's what it here's what it was. We were visiting Glacier National Park in Montana, staying in a you know visiting seeing all the beautiful sights. We stayed in a hotel. I have a daughter. She was about five at the time, something like that. And anyway, in the morning, we're just having the free hotel breakfast. And oh, and just to proceed this, uh, my my daughter's favorite animal at the time was foxes. Everything foxes always has a fox stuffy, a fox this, fox that. Everything was all about foxes. Actually, on that trip. <laughs> on that trip, we actually ran into a uh, fox eating out of the garbage can at one of the uh, parks over there. <laughs> but um, let's see. Oh, back to the back to the hotel. We're eating breakfast at the hotel. A guy has a fox T-shirt. Uh, actually, it's a joke T-shirt. It says, "I couldn't give a," and it shows a picture of a fox with wings. So, and you can make the connection based on that. So, anyway, <laughs> the uh, my daughter takes a look at that T-shirt, and she 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 says she yells out to the whole everyone. She you know she yells out really hot. Uh, uh, she yells out to the whole room, flying fox, flying fox, flying fox. <laughs> and the guy like looks at me, and he's like. Uh, I'm so sorry, but I was like, are you kidding? This is hilarious. <laughs> so anyway, that's my vacation story. Same same vacation, I uh, also ran into some bears. So uh, uh, a mama bear and some little, little uh, like three baby bears. And, uh, and my son was in the bathroom and I was waiting by the door for him and the, the mama bear and the three baby bears walked by and I'm like... I yelled to my son, please stay inside the bathroom. There's bears out here. And I, and, uh, and I cleared out of there just because I figured the mom protecting the baby bear might be dangerous. <laughs> uh, everything was clear. I, I came back and he came out and he didn't believe me that there were bears. <laughs> <laughs> I even took like a video of them walking away and he still didn't believe me. <laughs> But anyway, there's my that's my story about flying foxes and bears and stuff. So <laughs> good times on uh, summer vacations. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that comes to me. And ladies and gentlemen, it's the most wonderful time of the year. 
most wonderful time of the year. I'm not talking about the holiday season. I'm talking about football season. And with football season comes our favorite pastime, fantasy football season. Yay! All right. And uh, with fantasy football season, we had uh, uh, made a pact between the four of us that whoever had the um, lowest record, the worst record of the four of us, would be uh, get their name changed to whatever the other three came up with. And uh, Jerry had the lowest record, the worst record of the four of us. You don't so, say. Because <laughs> I stomped you by one game. <laughs> yeah, we almost got to if I remember correctly, I had the worst record out of the entire league, too. Yes, you did. <laughs> and, it uh, was almost getting to rename both of our teams, right. because we almost tied for last. Andy <laughs> and I almost got to rename two teams, <laughs> but Dave pulled it out, and so um, we only get to rename Jerry's team. And we'd like to take this moment during my rapid reel shot to let the world know what Jerry's uh, team name will be. Who's going to be the big reveal? (laughs) The big reveal. Your new team name for the 2021 season is Penguins Do It in the Snow. Because we know how much you love penguins, my friend. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what? No, no words of. I, I hear nothing. Excitement. Is this all it took to shut you up? Holy crap! I could have said this a long time ago. <laughs> I, I, I'm writing. E E N. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was writing down the supplies I'm going to need when I kill the three of you. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry is now. Advocating to make it an in-person event. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. So yeah, that's your new team name. Uh, We hope that you enjoy it for the for the entire year. And uh, it was almost what happens at the end of this year. It was almost penguins eat yellow snow, but uh, (laughs) we thought them doing it in the snow sounded better. So, earlier tonight, Rowdy and I were talking, and uh, let's just say we were talking about Big Brother and some stuff going on there, and something I said, and he said something to me about, I don't remember what the words were he said, but I said, no, 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 they would call it Cracker Barrel, and he stopped, and he looked at me, and he says, you know, that could be your team name this year, and I said, <laughs> No, because the team name would have to be something that would bother me, and I would very proudly put the name Cracker Bell on my team sheet. <laughs> so, not not proudly going to put Penguins Dude in the Snow on okay, there? We got it printed on there already. We're, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put it on there. <laughs> And that's all that I have to do. There is nothing stating that I have to be happy about it or put it down proudly. <laughs> make sure uh, Jerry does not have permission to change the name on the website either. <laughs> no, nope. hey, we had a it's, deal. It's the punishment 
he'll stick with it. I will honor my part of the deal. I will not change the name. And it's not like we're tattooing Jaden Smith on his leg or something. <laughs> That's next year. <laughs> <laughs> I do not agree to this. <laughs> not that I plan on losing, but I just do not agree to that. No, I, I don't think we should should go that far. The change of the name bad enough. Hold on just a second. If you guys are going to do the whole, well, you got to tattoo this. If you lose, y'all got to pay for it. I ain't paying for it. Although, well, that's incentive not to do it. <laughs> although, hold on. Let's say it's Tony who has to get the tattoo. All right, I'll pitch in for that. But I ain't paying for it if it's going on me. <laughs> that's fair. So uh, we hope that you in, in, embrace your new team name, and maybe you come out the other side loving penguins. If you win the championship, are you going to keep it for another year? Okay, first off, I think we all know there is zero chance of me winning the championship, but sadly, yes. <laughs> I was going to say, if he wins the championship, I'll tattoo his team name on my right nipple. <laughs> That's a long team name. I don't. I don't know. You'd have to go around it. It looked like a presidential seal. That sounds pretty painful, too. <laughs> Are you sure you want to commit to that? Actually, I draw a, a really cute penguin. I could. I could draw a penguin for you. I you say, that, dude. There's a way to do it where you don't have to use the words taking up all that space, but you can still get the same message across. <laughs> Yeah, that's disturbing. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to tattoo it because this would be the year that Jerry actually wins, and then you guys are going to go back. Uh, remember, in the episode, shut your mouths. No, yes. I'm not agreeing to getting that tattooed on me. How about temporary tattoo? <laughs> it might be yeah, that maybe. might be all right. <laughs> Wear it to the uh, the draft or something. <laughs> right. I'll get a, a team shirt made. Well, that was Rapid Reels Chats. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that means it is time to reach up to the top shelf, pull down our top three favorite fan theories of all time. Favorite fan theories, top shelf. Oh, yeah. Time to get geek-tastic. And, uh, yeah, uh, make sure that you tweet out um, to us what your uh, favorite fan theories are. If we didn't mention yours, uh, let us know. Or if we did men- mention yours, let us know. Yep, either hit us up on Twitter uh, or on uh, our Facebook page. So At our shots dot, at our shots podcast? Is that what it is, Jer? At our shots podcast. Ha! I should really leave that to you. You do that yeah. much better than I do. <laughs> so much I, better. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and the random dice of randomness uh, rolled and landed on, I believe it's Dave? Yes, it's me. It's All me. Right. Should we All go right. over what a fan theory is in case people mm. are yeah, that's unfamiliar? That's good, <laughs> that, good, good thinking. Good right. thinking. So, basically, a fan theory is... Something that when people are watching or reading or playing a game, because there are fan theories from a lot of different genres. It's not just from TVs and movies, but as people are watching, they go, they're thinking, oh, 
What if this is what led to all this? And they provide you with some details that support their theory that that's what's really going on. I'd like to give you an example, but I don't want to take away from anybody's top shelf. But as we get into it, you'll see what we mean. All right. So my first uh, fan theory here, and uh, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know if I'm going to be breaking everything down quite the way that the, the other guys will do, because I hear they actually have, like, long-ass notes and stuff about everything. And, like, Tony wrote a book for uh, to go through his stuff. So, so good luck, everybody. Uh, but, uh, mine's going to be a headline, and you can put your own stuff together. Uh, but uh, my uh, first fan theory is that Ferris is actually a figment of Cameron's imagination while he's hallucinating sick in bed. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's what I got. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I, when we recorded the last episode and, av- and talked about afterwards doing this, that was one of the first ones that popped up in my search. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to use this one because I want to leave it for David if he, if he, if he finds it. Uh, but yeah, this one's actually well thought out. <laughs> yeah. I kind of imagine that, like, you know, uh, Cameron is just like, you know, Ferris is just who a person he wishes he could be like, and he's just laying in bed and just imagining all this this crazy adventure, but he's just <laughs> just laying on the couch. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, when whenever you look through it, the fact that they are so opposite, but yet they're so close to, to each other as far as, I mean, best friends and... But they're completely opposite because Cam or Ferris is, you know, daring and uh, not not obnoxious, but a free kind spirit. Of, a free spirit. That's a nice way to say obnoxious. Good job. <laughs> um, but uh, you know the fact that uh, that he's just so polar opposite of uh, Cameron and willing to do everything that Cameron won't do, um, and uh, and he has the girl and Cameron doesn't have a girl um, that we're aware of. <laughs> and uh, at least I didn't pull her out of school for for anything. But um, uh, yeah, I just I, I can definitely see it whenever uh, looking looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and another here's another thing that helps makes me think it might be part of someone's imagination. They do like everything possible there is to do in Chicago in one day. <laughs> right, <laughs> and Ferris still gets home before his parents. Yes, <laughs> yeah, barely. So that comes over to Indy for your number three. And I'm up. My number three fan theory is this. It has to do with a little uh, series of films called Star, Star War, Star, something like that. <laughs> you might be familiar. <laughs> anyway, it, it has to do with the prequels. And uh, the inter- interesting theory I heard, and it kind of makes sense because... It has to do with the romance between Anakin and Padme. Think about it. Why does she even like him? He's kind. Of, he's all whiny. He's uh, he's uh, a little bit. He's kind of evil in, in he in some cases. Uh, I the theory is that he's using his Jedi mind tricks to influence uh, Padme to. Uh, to be interested in him. Think about it. It kind of makes sense. Why else would she like him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
he's a whiny guy that doesn't like politics, and she's a politician. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, younger than her. She was, like, a little kid when they met. <laughs> she would think of him as, like, a kid brother if he, in normal circumstances, not... <laughs> Hey, look, there's no accounting for taste. Some women really like that emo thing that he has going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, that comes to me for my number three. And first, I'd like to say that I don't have a book. I didn't write a book. I just wrote down some notes of people's theories, so this way I would was able to um, express them properly for the podcast. So, <laughs> All right. That being said, my number three, uh, there was a lot of uh, um, fun fan theories around Friends, one of my favorite shows. and th- But this one had to do with one of my other all-time favorite show, Parks and Rec. So, there is an episode where Monica is listing off all the people that Rachel has dated, and the name Ben Wyatt comes up. Well, for those of you who don't know, Ben Wyatt is a character in the Parks and Rec series. And so the theory is that Rachel dated Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec. And the um, Rachel would have been about 29 at that point. Ben would have been about 26. So it is very possible that Rachel dated Ben. Not not his, not uh, Ross's son, Ben. Exactly, Ben Wyatt. <laughs> Just, yeah. Who ends he, up marrying? He's now in uh, Riverdale. Leslie Nope. So. Which there's another fan theory that I almost selected about Friends and and Riverdale, but I'll I'll do that as my honorable mention if if no one mentions it. <laughs> All right, I'm looking forward to hearing about that. All right, so my number three. Now I have seen the show. Before anybody questions me. My number three is on the list because I wanted to put some content in here besides an apology for Lena. So I found a show that I know that she really enjoyed, and I got a fan theory from that. So my fan theory actually comes from the original Charm TV series that starred Alyssa Milano, Shannon Doherty, and Holly Marie Combs. Um, Rose McGowan takes over for Shannon Doherty at one point. Season four. All right, yes, season four. So... The theory is that Prue actually dies in the middle of season one. There's an episode called Which Prue Is It Anyway? Prue clones herself using an incantation from the book Shadows and creates two identical clones. In an effort to keep track of them, Phoebe and Piper color code them by having them use different colored sweaters, and the real Prue is supposed to be wearing a black sweater. One of the clones dies... Regular Prue and the other clone decide they're going to confront the bad guy in his own home. Piper and Phoebe think this is a bad idea, so they try to talk Prue out of it. Prue insists it being a good idea um, because she doesn't want him to come after her and find her sisters. Um, So Prue and her clone go into Prue's room. Piper and Phoebe come in, and they see Prue and the clone adjusting their clothes, which, you know could just be a random thing or they could have been changing outfits so that now the real Prue is wearing the clone sweater and vice versa. So the girls talk to the one they still think is the real Prue, send the other one into the hall. When they finish their conversation, the one they thought was the clone is gone. 
she goes and confronts the guy and ends up dead. And that could have been the real one. And that's how Piper or that's how Prue dies in the middle of season one, which is why she couldn't be healed at the end of season three by Leo. Well, yeah, that, that was a lot. Yeah. And now it's time for number two. My number two uh, was stinky. No, um, it did kind of stink. My number two actually goes into the world of wrestling. <gasps> what? Big shock. <laughs> so there is a fan theory that what is quite possibly the most influential moment in wrestling history was a work, a stage. It was written. It was scripted. It happened as they had planned as opposed to it appearing that everything had gone to hell. Um, Montreal Screwjob, um, Survivor Series 1997. Um, Bret Hart refused to uh, drop the title. And uh, so they had uh, Vince McMahon, Shawn Michaels, and a couple others made the decision that Shawn was going to go in there, wrap him up in a, wrap Brett up in his own finishing hold, and Vince was going to call for the bell and screw Vince, uh, screw Brett out of the title, leading to Brett throwing a fit, spitting on McMahon, signing WCW air letters, uh, spitting on McMahon. Uh, punching him out in the in the locker room, all this stuff, and um, and then going to WCW where his career completely died. Um, but uh, there's a fan theory that this was all staged, that this was all scripted, that this plan this worked out exactly how they planned, and uh, the the facts of um, that they're using to support their fan theory is the fact that. Here is a guy who is um, spitting on the owner of the company, who is physically threatening the owner of the company, and um, you know, is, and is you know making a quite the scene at the end of a pay per view with how much control and everything and how well protected the business is. Something that you know I, I can't really argue with. Cameras should have turned off microphones should have turned off but everything kept going um and uh, and everything you know it, it spawned the vince mcmahon character so that led into the whole you know mcmahon austin thing and uh launched wwf or wwe into its uh most successful period of time financially and uh so there's a, a lot backing that up that this may have been a hell of a work on the uh, part of Brett and Vince and and that Brett was in on the whole thing and everything. So that's the uh, fan theory. There, There's one thing that, that's always stuck out for me that made me think that it's a possibility that this was a work, uh, the story that Vince put forth. Um, after the match, after everybody left ringside, they're back in the locker room, and through the door, you can hear Brett and Vince going at it verbally, and you can hear it. 
I, I, I watched that that clip from Wrestling with Shadows. I think was what the the documentary was, yeah. and you can hear what sounds like a pretty solid hit to the face. Witness the witness or witnesses that were in the locker room said that he hit him pretty. That Brett hit Vince pretty good. Where was Vince's black eye? I never saw him with a black eye after that night. Yeah, he had one. Um, in fact, he had a little bit of a black eye on the uh, Monday Night Raw following that whenever he did the classic Brett screwed Brett's story or uh, interview. But uh, but yeah. I find that hard to believe. Just the, the emotion that Brett still talks about it with. I don't know. I, I, I don't. Did you see his work on Lonesome Dove? He's a hell of an actor. <laughs> I missed that, but I'm sure it was phenomenal. <laughs> but, uh, yes, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think it was a work. But uh, whenever you look at some of the stuff, it uh, it really kind of, you know, it's like, yeah, why didn't the camera shut off? Why didn't uh, everything happen there? So Yeah, I, uh, I, could, I could see, I definitely... Uh, see the evidence, but it, yeah, I, I just, for me, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like it would be a work. Right. And, and I don't think, I, I think that because of how WCW screwed up his, uh, his, his character, his career, everything, whenever he got over there, I, I don't think that that, uh, that's something that, um, you know, he would have put himself into, I think, that if everything was a work and everything went that badly over with WCW, he would have been back uh, much sooner than, you know, 20 years later to to shake hands with Sean. So, uh, but yeah. All right. Indy? All right. Number two, please. All right. We're going from the world of pro wrestling to something completely different. We're going to the world of cartoons. Hanna-Barbera cartoons, people. Oh, this is what I think it is. I, I love it. I'll, I'll read it. <laughs> so, I don't agree the, with it. Here's the fan it. theory. The Flintstones and the Jetsons were, were both happening at the same time. So, the theory is... The Flintstones, the people on the ground, went through some sort of apocalypse, and they lost all their technology, and they had to start over from scratch, but they still had the idea of what the technology was, but they had to use, switch to using like the animals and the, and the dinosaurs and, or what, whatever occurred after the apocalypse. Meanwhile, uh, up in the sky above the clouds, we've got uh, all the future people flying around in cars and living the good life. But uh, actually, thinking about it, I think the good life is down where, with the uh, on the ground with the Flintstones. I, that seems more appealing to me. But uh, anyway, that's that was a fun theory that I found that the Flintstones and the Jetsons were at the same were during the same time period. Uh, and I, I do recall there being a Flintstones meet the Jetsons movie, but I do not remember it at all. And that, that movie may negate all of this, but I don't remember, but I like this theory. We'll just go by what's in the TV series only and not go by the movie. (laughs) Yeah. I don't remember the movie, 
uh, at all. I know that there was a crossover event, um, but I enjoyed that theory quite a bit. I've never heard that theory before. And, uh, hey, it's it's possible. Why not? Mm-hmm. Like all of these, they're, they're all possible. Yeah, so just think about it. Somebody might have slipped in from the Jetsons' future world, might have slipped and fell to their death, and then a bunch of caveman people <laughs> walked up and go, who's this person? Oh, think about it. The Great Gazoo. An alien. He probably yeah. hung out with the uh, above-the-cloud people <laughs> when he wasn't uh, calling flim- uh, calling people dumb-dumb. <laughs> the, the way that I had heard it? Uh-huh. The way I had heard it was that... Um, the uh, the Flintstones and their world was punishment from something that occurred in the uh, space world there, and so they were they were banished down to the ground, and uh, and so you know not everybody was bad, but you know eventually they ended up having families and crap. So, uh, but yeah, all right, <laughs> all right, does that come to me? But yes, that does bring us around to you, Tony. All right, back to me. Okay, my number two, the my second favorite fan theory. This could possibly be my number one, but um, I'm keeping it as my number two, so I have options open for my number one. It's from uh, Robin Hood and uh, Zootopia, and the theory is that uh, Robin Hood is just the medieval time uh, before Zootopia. Uh, so, like, us humans, we had a medieval time, and now we're in uh, the future stage uh, from there. That Zootopia is a, uh, a direct uh, ancestors from the medieval times of Robin Hood. And I just thought it was fun. I just thought that was a fun thing to think about. That I, I, I can see it. And they even things. evolved from hand-drawn to CGI. <laughs> <As they, laughs> Right? Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jerry, number two. Uh, Robin Hood is actually one of my favorite childhood animated movies, and so that's a great fan theory right there. It's funny. Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite as well. I think I even had it on uh, my top shelf before as my as my number one. What's your number two? All right. Uh, originally my number two was an animated TV show. I moved that to the honorable mentions because this really intrigued me. Um, it's a classic sitcom that I know the four of us have watched. Um, and I think at least one of our listeners has watched it. Um, when I was doing my search earlier, I came across a couple of, of kind of dark ones, and this one was weird but not too dark, and this just intrigued me. Gilligan's Island was a representation of the seven deadly sins. Um, so according to TV conspiracy theorist, Gilligan's Island was a reincarnation of hell. The seven inhabitants represented the seven deadly sins. They all perished in a crash of the minnow and... and, and that they ended up, this was their hell was this island, which, I mean, it's a metaphor anyway because they're stuck on this island. And they can't get back to where they go, so I think it's a, an apt metaphor either way. But Mr. Hal represents greed. Mrs. Hal represents sloth. Uh, Ginger is an example of lust. 
Uh, Mary Ann would symbolize envy. Uh, Professor would represent pride. Skipper embodies both gluttony and wrath because he's always lashing out at Gilligan. And Gilligan himself loved to wear red and was persistently messing up any rescue plan for the group, therefore preventing them from leaving. So I guess that means Gilligan would be Satan, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was pretty intriguing. That is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that. Intriguing. All right. I like that. Yeah. We're coming up to our number ones. All it's right. time for number one. Oh, yeah. On point jingle later. Love it. <laughs> Uh, so my number one, number one, number one is that Bruce Wayne is actually a patient in Arkham Asylum. And all the villains that he's fighting as Batman is all in his head, and they are actually the staff and other patients there in Arkham. Uh, so basically... Uh, so obviously Harley Quinn, who's the or was a uh, psychiatrist at one point uh, in Arkham, she's um, she was a psychologist, everything or a psychiatrist, everything. Um, Joker is uh, like the uh, head uh, orderly or warden or whatever, and uh, uh, same with like Scarecrow and Penguin, like all these all these characters that he has that he's fighting against are all you know. People, doctors, um, you know the uh, the staff there that's trying to get him better, but instead he's in his head thinking that uh, he's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's extremely fun. I, I think they should make a, a uh, one of the animated movies with that. Actually, so I think that could be a uh, fun time. You know, I think that would make a great episode of What If, right? <laughs> <laughs> if only that what if was in a different uh, universe. What if DC coming to HBO Max? <laughs> uh, again, really, really cool uh, uh, idea. I dig that fan theory. And But let's go to Indy and see what his number one is. Okay. <clears throat> so my fan theory has to do with all, every single Arnold Schwarzenegger movie is um, takes place in the same universe. It all started with the movie Twins. In Twins, they did some sort of genetic splicing or something. Uh, they created the ultimate specimen, Arnold, and then the leftover stuff was Danny DeVito. So anyway, the theory is they took uh, Arnold and they started... Um, they started making clones of Arnold, and over time, all these clones of Arnold became all of these characters, you know, became the leader in the Predator franchise, and another one became the scientist that created the Terminator robot and the basis for the robot itself, and... Um, and just every Arnold movie. One of them became a... A cop that joined kin- that uh, pretended to be a kindergarten teacher. You know, each and every one of those famous characters. Uh, you know, Conan the Barbarian. I guess again, 
an apocalypse happened, and then he, one of them became a barbarian <laughs> in the aftermath of all of that. So that's my fun Arnold fan theory. That is fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I I really enjoyed researching these because it, <laughs> it's fun to see people's imagination and and what things that it just makes you go hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Agreed completely. All right. Uh, that my number one fan theory uh, is um, think it, it kind of bookends. Uh, uh, Indies came to this universe uh, for his number three. I'm coming here for my number one. I'm going to Star Wars, and uh, the fan theory is. Um, about why stormtroopers have such bad aim, and um, it, it's a, it was it was very intriguing. Um, I, I think there's some holes with it, and I, and I don't I don't think it's a hundred percent fact checkable, if you will. Um, but the uh, the person that uh, came up with this fan theory uh, is basically saying that. Uh, stormtroopers have such bad aim at the, um, the the folks that are strong with the force. Um, so um, they miss Leia a lot. They miss Luke a lot. They miss um, Obi-Wan a lot. Uh, and they were saying that because they have the force is like a shield from those blasters. Um, and the, the uh, scene that they point to in, um, in their theory is in Rogue One, which is one of my if not the, my most favorite uh, Star Wars movie of all time, um, where um, I can't remember the character's name, but he was the the uh, the blind um, uh, rebel that came on uh, the, Donnie Yen. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's the actor. I don't know his name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he uh, walks to the the box to uh, drop the. Uh, uh, the the shield in order to get a connection for the uh, uh, the transmission to go up, um, and uh, he repeats over and over, "I'm one with the force. The force is with me." Something something to that effect, and no bullets hit him, and but he gets hit right after he stops chanting that after he accomplishes his mission, and they also point in that same scene that when his uh, friend comes out he gets hit almost immediately. Um, so they, they have good aim unless it's someone that is strong with the, uh, with the force. And so the, the force kind of builds this, this blaster shield around, around them and hence not hitting them. So I thought it was fun because everyone gives stormtroopers a whole lot of uh, hard time for, for being horrible <laughs> shots. Uh, and um, I thought it was, it was a nice way to, to let stormtroopers know, hey, it's all right. Okay, but why do they hit their heads in uh, in hallways whenever they go through? <laughs> that, my friend, <laughs> is because they're related to your sister. <laughs> Bobby makes the apology list. <laughs> yep, I like it. it why do they sense. miss R two so much? Because he's um, friends with the force. Is he? Um, like he's I said, FOF. It, it, <laughs> yeah, he's a friend of show. <laughs> um, because he is an android, uh, um, and um, 
he has the ability to, um, yeah, I got nothing. Like I said, it, it, it wasn't a solid theory, but I, I enjoyed it. Oh, no, I certainly uh, enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And you could argue that, you know, if if uh, the droid is around a Jedi, the Jedi is helping shield the droid, too. There you go. Hmm? <laughs> Andy's a thinker. All right. Yeah. Um, no, I really like this. Um, my uh, my oldest is a uh, actually a, a big stormtrooper fan, which I always found weird. Everybody else likes Luke and Han and Vader and Emperor. No, my son likes the stormtrooper. So, um, but uh, I, uh, yeah, so, <laughs> very cool theory. You know. Stormtroopers could be walking advertisements for supporting your local shooting range. <laughs> Don't let your friends be like this. Bring them to the shooting range. All right. Let's close this out, Jerry. What's your uh, number one? My number one comes from one of my favorite time-traveling <coughs> movies of all time. In Back to the Future Part 1, Marty shows up at Doc Brown's house, and Doc Brown says, no, nope, don't say anything, and he puts the, the little suction thing on Marty's head. The theory is that the mind-reading machine actually worked. So while that may not have been what he was thinking at that moment, the machine was picking up thoughts close to the surface. The first thing he said is, you've come here from a great distance. And while Marty geographically didn't come very far, he did come on a pretty far trip you know, from 30 years in the future. Um, you want me to buy a subscription to the Saturday Evening Post? What was the newspaper that Marty looked at to get the date when he pulled it out of the trash can? Um, and then finally, you want me to make a donation to the Coast Guard Youth Auxiliary? Um, everyone kept mistaking Marty for a sailor because of that life vest that he was wearing, but the donation part comes from the flyer in Marty's back pocket, the one about the donation for saving the clock tower. Marty's mind would have been on that because of the note his girlfriend made on the back of it. Hmm. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> and, you know, a, a man that builds a time machine, he has to have some inventions that work. Besides the time machine. Right. <laughs> I like it. The, yeah. the, the dog food machine worked, too. It just overfed. <laughs> <laughs> it started spilling all over the place, but it worked. <laughs> True. All right. <laughs> Very awesome. I like that number one, Jerry. Yeah. yeah. Dig it. That concludes our fan theories, and that's just not a fan theory. That is the truth. Um, let's do some honorable mentions. I'll do one. Um, what I was going to mention is uh, James Bond, that uh, you know, every time a new actor is replaces James Bond, it's actually a new person that give, that's given the code name James Bond. Uh, that's kind of interesting. That they're all in the same universe, and they just take the name James Bond. And right. uh, and another retires. fun thing, another fun thing about it is the theory that the Sean Connery's character in The Rock is actually an older James Bond. Yeah, I like it, and it mm-hmm. it uh, kind of helps. Uh, they may actually show that one to be true because uh, 
of the um, I hear that the next bond is actually going to be a female and uh, so it may be uh, factual that the uh, uh-huh. bond is just a uh, code name given hmm. <laughs> so. is she going to be Jane Bond I, I'm not sure what she's going to be <laughs> uh, I've known women named I Jane who go by James <laughs> I know she's going to uh, be an ass kicker because that's what they do what did he uh, I was just going to say, the only other one I have is, I heard an interesting one about Indiana Jones, how Han Solo, when he's in Carbonite, he just, another one where he's oh. thinking of new fantasies, uh, where somebody's having a fantasy and it's not really happening, right. but while he's in Carbonite, he's having a fantasy about, being, about an ad- Indiana Jones. being an adventure archaeologist, <laughs> so... <laughs> I had heard that one too. Yep. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll throw one out there. Uh, this is the one that um, that uh, I told you that I had one that uh, connected Friends and Riverdale too. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So the fan theory is that Riverdale, the TV show, was actually created by Chandler, and here's why: in in a few episodes. Chandler has um, tries to get a, um, a comic submitted to um, to Archie uh, Comics, um, and then there was another episode where um, uh, they were talking about Archie Comics. Uh, but then the other connection is is that Ben Ross's son tries to become an actor on the show when he goes out for the the soup uh, commercial against Joey, and so. Ben's son, played by uh, Cole Spruce, grows up and becomes Jughead. So, the theory is that now Chandler is in uh, his marketing position, and he's always had an affinity for the Archie comics. So, he creates the show Riverdale, and he casts his friend's son to be Jughead. So... Um, I actually have two honorable mentions. One of them um, is the murder she wrote theory that Jessica Fletcher was TV's most prolific serial killer, and she would interfere in the investigations to plant evidence. Um, uh, the theory also actually goes all the way back to her husband passing away, um, that maybe she had something to do with that. Um, anybody who's ever seen the show will see that when she presents what happened, to the killer and the other people that know the killer, the killer ends up confessing or, you know, admitting. And one of the things that they said in this theory is that perhaps that's because we're hearing the story from her perspective and she's an unreliable narrator, so to speak. Um, The only other honorable mention that I wrote down to share was that the, um, this is the one I bumped off the list to get Gilligan's Island in there. The Simpsons are all geniuses. If you've ever watched the show, Homer's dumb, Bart's a troublemaker, um, Abe is senile. Well, he's senile now, but he was rather intelligent in World War II when he was a soldier. Marge was an excellent student at school. She chose to be a housewife and stay-at-home mom. Homer has a crayon lodged in his skull. It got removed. He was smart, and he asked for it to be put back. We'll come back to the why in a minute. Bart started with high grades, then became a troublemaker. Um, Maggie displays the ability to think logically. So 
I didn't mention Lisa here for a reason. I'll come right back to her. All these people I mentioned chose their happiness over their intelligence, which is why Homer had the crayon put back in. Whereas Lisa is the only member of the family to choose her intelligence over her happiness. Interesting. And uh, my other, uh, what I was choosing between my, uh, for my number one, um, is a um, another Disney one. Uh, that Boo from Monsters, Inc. is actually the witch from Brave. Oh, I just thought of when I um, let, uh, you know, like DC Universe and Star Trek is are connected in this way that uh, Mr. Mixelplick and the character Q are of the same kind of being, but... But since Q is only a one-letter name, you can't really say it forwards and backwards, so that's how the Qs get around it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And a shout-out to Nerd Madness. <laughs> Mitzel Plick said, I don't think he made it past the first round, but... I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, I got one honorable mention that... Uh... That Vince McMahon and AEW are actually in cahoots together. Uh, that Vince is somehow, you know, funding this, uh, funding AEW, uh, or helping fund because it's not like they have a shortage of money with their uh, uh, billionaire owner either. But uh, but then he's uh, helping as far as sending a lot of his top talent over to him and stuff like that. Which that part seems to be true. But uh, yeah, that's, I don't buy it, but. There are people that do. Well, there's only one other piece of business here this evening. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. So, so sorry. It's a very sleepy sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a very short sorry list. We only have Bobby on there, and for once, Dave, you are not the reason why someone is on the start <laughs> Bobby, I, I'm sorry that I um, said that you were klutzy and, and stormtroopers were related to you because they were also klutzy. <laughs> but uh, but Bobby is also on the uh, um, sorry list due to the fact that uh, she uh, has gone back and is listening to a lot of the uh, old episodes. Uh, Which Random you all should do. Which everybody should do, just as a refresher, and, and just to enjoy how far we've come. Uh, because uh, yeah, those other ones are um, a little bit different than uh, than our current stuff. So, but uh, but in listening to that, and uh, because Bobby is my sister, and uh, evidently there have been episodes in the past where, um, to say it nicely, my junk was involved. I guess, and uh, so. She, just uh, talking she, about it. Just, just talking. Just talking. About it. No, yeah. n- nothing pantsless. Not like Indy walking around without pants doing a podcast, but just talking <laughs> about my junk. And uh, and uh, she was not a big fan of that, but she did keep listening to more episodes, and she she enjoyed the other three uh, people on the show. So, uh, but uh, so Bobby, you're also on the apology list for that. Well, there you go. There's our, our show, ladies and gentlemen. Again, once again, uh, if you fa- favorite fan theories did not make the show, uh, go ahead and tweet at us and uh, hashtag Random Shots Podcast. 
or our shots podcast or whatever podcast you want to hashtag. If it's not ours, people are going to be confused why you're hashtagging there. So you might as well choose ours. And also tell us if uh, um, which ones you liked of ours and uh, which which ones you, you didn't like. And I have I've heard a theory about the podcast that all four quarter hosts have been replaced by alien imposters. Goodbye, everybody. I've got a fan theory. I see it so clearly. I've read between the lines and I've connected all the dots to find a new meaning. No, I'm not dreaming. And I'll think of it as true. And you can't tell me that it's not. I've got a fan theory. The main character went insane. And the second act, it only happened in their brain. Those two shows are from the same universe. Those characters are twins who were separated at birth. I got a fan theory. I see it so clearly. I've read between the lines and I've connected all the dots to find a new meaning. No, I'm not dreaming. And I'll think of it this way. And you can't tell me that it's not. I've got a fan theory.